everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Steeler Nation podcast. This is episode 15, and it's a big episode. Uh, Steelers come out with a big victory against the Baltimore Ravens, division rival on the road. A lot to talk about about the game. And, of course, check us out on Twitter at Steeler Nation, on Instagram at SteelerNation.com, and on our website, SteelerNation.com. It was a big win for Pittsburgh, and there's a lot of stuff that came out of the Tomlin presser today. So we will get into a lot of that. But before we break down anything Steelers, like we do on Always, every post-game show, we break down all the scores from around the league. So we'll start with the Thursday night game. And then we know there was a team with the Steelers, uh, you know, took the loss too. And it wasn't, you know, it was last week. We're over that now. But the Packers took them on Thursday night defeated him 35 to 14, and it's going to be Mike Glennon's last start, at least for now, as Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky will actually start next week for the Bears. So you know, it kind of sucks that you know Glennon gave us their only win so far this season. But you know, the Steelers learned, got the win. Steelers did not get the most impressive win, but again, there's a lot of good things to look at it, and I'll get right into that. So the Dolphins, you know. In London, against the Saints, have been struggling still two weeks in a row for the Dolphins. They pretty much got shut out to the Jets last week. They lost 20-6, to but the last touchdown they scored was in the, you know, the final second. The game was pretty much already over. The Jets were in prevent. Pretty much the Dolphins got shut out two weeks in a row. They lose 20 to nothing to the Saints, which proves the Saints are 2-2, two and two, and the Dolphins go to 1-2. and two. New York Jets, actually, in overtime, get their back-to-back wins. They win 23-20 over Jacksonville, who is Pittsburgh's next opponent. And the Jets go to two and two. Jacksonville drops to two and two, who remains in first in the AFC South based on, you know, division wins, especially that win over Houston. Houston looks good though. And Jacksonville is the next opponent for Pittsburgh as Pittsburgh will play their first out of seven of the last twelve games at home. So it looks like the Steelers lean up. Now they're gonna have to be up for that game. Jacksonville's not an awful team. They did lose to the Jets, but they're not an awful team at points they've looked good this season. Steelers gotta be up for that game. Obviously the Steelers Went to Baltimore, won 26-9. We'll get to more into that in just a second. A really good game. It was a great defensive matchup. Saw it, and I actually saw a lot of this game. Lions went in to Minnesota and won 14-7. to Lions go to 3-1. and The Vikings drop to 2-2. Two and two. Buffalo Bills win against, you know, not a very healthy Atlanta Falcons team. It was the Falcons' first loss of the season. Falcons lost 23-17 to to Buffalo. Falcons were without Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu after losing them early in that game. The Bills' defense has looked good, though. So uh, even with all those trades, trading Ronald Darby, all those you know trades for Buffalo, they, they, the defense still looked good. You know, this is one of those overtime games that I, just, I, I kept looking at the score. I had a couple of fantasy players in the game, and I'm like, uh, what is the score? But, you know, the 49ers visited. The Cardinals went to overtime, but the Cardinals prevailed 18-15. to 15. I think it was 12-12 in overtime, I believe, and the 49ers tacked on a field goal, take the lead, but then Larry Fitzgerald scored a game-winning touchdown. The Raiders dropped a team 10 loss over the Denver Broncos, whose defense also looks very good as they proved a 3-1. The Raiders did lose Derek Carr, though. It looks like his injury is going to be a two- to six-week thing, so, you know, never hope for injuries of any team, and hopefully Carr comes back soon, and you know, he's a great quarterback, so Raiders will definitely get on track soon, but now they're 2-2. Two and two. And a big one here, which really helps the Steelers, even with 3-1, because there's only one undefeated team, the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get to them in a little bit. But 
the Carolina Panthers go into New England. Graham Gano, game-winning field goal. If they defeat Tom Brady, 33-30, to and that defense looks bad for New England. I'm sure, you know, Bill Belichick and, you know, his crew are going to put a lot of things, a lot of changes, a lot of things. you gotta, you got to beware of these Patriots. They'll, I know they lost been putting up the second most points in the league actually behind the LA Rams I saw putting up 35 a game which is that's crazy but the Patriots are still putting up numbers just their defense has struggled so you know we'll, we'll hope the Patriots keep struggling but they take the loss 33 to 30 the Panthers go to three and one Patriots the two and two the Titans visited the Texans this was an absolute domination for the Houston Texans the Titans did lose Marcus Mariotti he had two rushing touchdowns they lost him though and Deshaun Watson's been looking good. The Texans destroyed the Titans, 57-14. to 14. Cincinnati Bengals did win big as the first one of the season of the Cleveland Browns, who are now 0-4, and, and they've dropped to last in our power rank. 31-7, the Bengals defeat the Browns. And the Bengals' offense has started to come alive. They did lose to Green Bay last week, but the offense seems to be coming alive for them. I still don't think they're really a threat to Pittsburgh at 1-3. The Browns dropped to 0-4. And, you know, A.J. Green's been stepping up finally. That, and that's what they had to do if they wanted to win those games. And then the surprise that I was getting into, that the team that averages 35 a game, most in the NFL, the L.A. Rams, which, wow, they've really surprised me. Is You know, that their defense hasn't been stout, hasn't been great. They win 35-30 to 30 over Dallas, go to 3-1. and one. Cowboys dropped to 2-2 two and two with the Rams offense. has looked really good. And Todd Gurley has looked very good. So they're a team to look out for. I mean, I don't know how long it could last right now. I think they, they might be better than the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know how long that lasts. We'll see. Philadelphia Eagles, they improved to three and one after going in to LA, defeating the Chargers 26 to 24. The Giants who were, you know, my Super Bowl team, not winning, but in the Super Bowl now 0 and 4, the 25, 23, another game winning field goal loss for them. They dropped to 0 and 4. The Bucks go to two and one. The Sunday night game, Seattle Seahawks, Second half, and in the second half, it was a close first half. They're down in the second half, 46 to 18. They defeat the Colts. Uh, Seahawks go to two and two, and the Colts drop to one and three. But Andrew Luck is practicing for them this week, so that is a good sign for an Indianapolis. And last night, when I really thought the Redskins were going to give Kansas City the first loss, no more undefeated teams left. They come down the field. Looks like they're going to get a game-winning touchdown. They tie the game with a field goal, and then these things went south after that two-minute warning or two-minute drill by. Alex Smith got the Chiefs the victory. They defeat the Redskins 29-20. The extra points were scored after one of those last plays. They throw the ball around, but Justin Houston decided to pick it up and score a touchdown. For the Chiefs, they probably heard a lot of betters on that game, so I kind of feel bad for that. But that's how the NFL rounded out this weekend, and now let's get into what matters on this podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeating the Baltimore Ravens 26-9. And a lot of good things – I mean – it wasn't the prettiest of all wins, obviously. I mean, the Steelers, it's just how, you know, it's been so far this season. So, I mean, still a lot of good things to look up to. The big, one of the biggest things was Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Le'Veon Bell had an absolutely monster game. I mean, he had 35 carries, so the run, you know, the rush per carry might, you know, three at three point something yards per carry still. But, you know, nevertheless, he – Ran for 144 yards and scored two touchdowns. That's what we like to see. And Ben did say, and the Steelers said that their goal was to establish the run early and often against these Ravens, and they did it. They did it most of the game. Big Ben almost played. I got mixed feelings on Ben's performance, 
but he almost played like a game manager in that game. There's a thing. There's a lot of things he can still work on, which I think is he. He's a guy that usually starts off slow. Roethlisberger is usually. I mean, he's gonna pick it up during like as the season moves on. He he does it. He's been doing it for however many years now. More than now, fourteen, thirteen, whatever. He he's been doing it for years now, and he's won two Super Bowls, been to three. He's gonna get it going eventually. I know. So like we keep saying this every week, but I mean it, it's going to happen. He's been doing it for years, like I said. But Le'Veon Bell putting up, I think, 186 total yards, and that's something we like to see. I saw a stat every. I think the Steelers are eight and zero when Le'Veon Bell goes over 150 scrimmage yards. And so I mean, you got to feed Bell. I, he's, he's looks like he's getting it. And with that happening, that's going to be a, make the Steelers a really dangerous team. And the guy who struggled, obviously, Antonio Brown. And they just talked about today, Roethlisberger, you know, a little disappointed with how Brown acted after it was that one place wide open. And, and, and he, I mean, he's got a right to be disappointed. But like Ben said, he doesn't want, you know, that to be a distraction to the younger players on the team, like guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Martavis Bryant, guys like that to get, you know, really frustrated for not getting the ball. But he'd prefer it if he had came and talked to him about what he was, he was angry about, obviously. He was wide open on the play. And if Roethlisberger would have found and obviously didn't get anything on that drive, but if Roethlisberger would have found him, it probably would have been, you know, an easy touchdown. He was wide open. There was really nobody in front of him. So, you know, he he said in the in the post game press conference he, that you know he didn't regret it. He just was trying. He just wanted to make a play. And I don't know. A lot of the Steelers supported him because. You know, he's the best receiver in the game. And, you know, every time you, you work as hard as him, he's never going to want to play off like that or anything. So all this talk on Twitter with Steeler fans and, you know, some reporters, just some some headlines make it look insane. <laughs> just like last year and the whole Facebook Live saga from the playoffs, it's everything's okay. It's not going to. It's not a problem. It's not going to be an overgoing problem through the season. Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger are fine. He's on pace for what, like 120 receptions. Everything's going to be fine. He had below 40 yards last game. But everybody has those games. I've seen all top receivers have those games. Odell Beckham has those games. Julio Jones has those games. It's not going to be an every game 150-yard game for Antonio Brown, no matter who we like it or not. Antonio Brown has been the author, been the MVP of the team, though. Regardless of that, that's one game. So far, he's still been the offensive MVP, the whole team MVP. And so Antonio Brown, he'll get it going next week. And he should get it going, at least against Jacksonville. But it's going to be all right, Steelers fans. So everybody just, you know, know, be mindful, I guess, of that. But, again, we'll get more into, like, the Steelers, like Ben Roethlisberger, you know. I'll get into my feelings on him right now. I think, I like I said, I think he's going to get it going, obviously. But he's been missing a lot of throws. We can probably all agree on that the past, you know, few weeks. He, the deep ball for him hasn't been the same as it has been in previous years. There was one play, I think it was a third and short, which, you know, the play call was kind of confusing. You'd think he would just go for the first down. They were in Raven territory. And he had a wide, he did have a wide open Martavis Bryant in the end zone, which he did overthrow, which it would have been a touchdown, but on third and short like that, I think you got to go for the chains, especially when you're driving in Raven territory. But I mean, a touchdown could have been scored, but he's been missing a little bit of those deep balls with Bryant. I mean, like, 
The Bryant connection hasn't got there yet. I don't think Bryant has been bad. He had a big game against Minnesota when I was there. But I think that obviously he's not all year that all there yet. He missed the whole season with that suspension last year, and it, it may, it's on. It's got to be an all-around offensive thing. But the good thing, good news was Le'Veon Bell really picked up the slack for the rest of the offense. And, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, I really liked with the past couple of weeks I've seen out of this guy. 20, one of the, what's he, the youngest player in football or something like that, 20 years old. He, this guy looks good. He's a good blocker, quick, little slot guy. Kind of had Eli's spot in that game last year. He was, uh, you know, inactive. But I think we see Eli next game. Maybe if not next game, we'll see him fill out the season. Tomlin just said he just wanted Eli, you know, to you know refresh, just figure things out a little bit. So Eli, I think we should see Eli be back. But Juju's look good. He's really impressed me. Roethlisberger said he's it's been Hines like he's like he's got the you know the mentality of him. Likes to hit, likes to catch touchdowns, and likes to do his dances. But I. I've liked what I've seen out of the rookies, Juju Smith-Schuster, and all the rookies. Honestly, James Conner, what do you have? Like four carries or something? But yeah, he got some pretty good runs, and I really think that I feel like every time he gets the ball, he doesn't get many carries. Every time he gets the big, I see a big run out of Conner. Besides against Cleveland, because he got a pretty good amount of carry. Well, not a good amount, but more than usual there. But every time he picked up like that 23-yard run, and then in Minnesota, he got one carry for nine yards. But he's been you no, know, running the ball pretty well when he when he gets the chance, and they usually put him in the I formation with Roosevelt Nix, which I really, really like. I'd like to see they they started to do a lot more of it with Le'Veon Bell, which they did a ton last season, and I think that really helped Bell with a lot of those long runs because you got to look last year when it was Bell's first game back against Kansas City, and the Steelers went out and dominated like forty two to well like fourteen or something. They ran a lot of eye formation with Roosevelt Nixon's on. He is a great blocker, and it worked a ton last year, which was why I was a little confused on why, you know, the Steelers weren't using that much with Bell. They used it every time when James Conner was out there, but they weren't using much with Bell. So seeing a lot of that this weekend really, you know, looked really good. Bell had a lot of 15-plus yard runs, and when they ran that, he always had some big carries, and I liked how they ran Bell up the outside rather than just jamming him up the middle. He, he Obviously, he's picking his holes well. Now the, uh, the offensive line looks a lot better. And obviously, we're still missing Marcus Gilbert, who should be back next week, we believe. But Chris Hubbard still been well. So Ramon Foster played. So mostly healthy coming out of the game as well. As Tomlin did address that there was no in-game big injuries, just bumps and bruises, you know, like every game. But there was no big injuries, which is a very good sign for Pittsburgh either pretty much healthy, and if Marcus Gilbert gets back, and obviously Mike Mitchell, who didn't play, it's going to be really good signs for Pittsburgh. Really good signs. On the defensive side, you know, the Steelers, they played well. I would say overall played well. There were some plays in the run game. Obviously, the pass game, they've been playing outstanding, but in the run game, they, they played pretty well. Just There's only like a few things really need fixing which pretty much is when those big 25 yard runs come out those there 20 yard 15 you know just those kind of runs every once in a while those broke out the first play of the game for Baltimore I believe they had one of them but sometimes those those will break out here and there 
But other than that, the defense has looked good, and one of the top defenses in the NFL, the past defense, has looked so much better and so much improved from last season. And, man, Cameron Hayward has just been a beast this year. What a game he had stopping the run, getting to the QB. It's just he's had an outstanding year after being out most of last season. Towards the end of the year, she was really big and was a real tough loss. And, obviously, Stephon Tewitt was back. He had a good game, and I loved seeing Hayward and Tewitt. Those are the two, two premier guys in the league on the offside of the defensive line. And I, we didn't see, you know, a lot of Javon Hargrave, which may be the only negative. He's been playing well every time he's been on the field. So seeing, like, Hargrave, Tewitt, and Hayward all out there at the same time, really good time. But we didn't see a ton of Hargrave, which I would like to see that, you know, those three together, but they've been rotating a little bit with L.T. Walton and all those kind of guys. But nevertheless, the defense has been playing good no matter what. T.J. Watt came back. He played well. The numbers, not, all the numbers might not show how well he played, but he played at a very good game, along with Bud Dupree. You see that sack that he had on Joe Flacco? He, oh, my gosh. He absolutely crushed Flacco. So it, it's good to see all these guys playing well. The, uh, the defensive backs, I mean, they did our, I mean, they didn't do amazing, but did well. Artie Burns did get burned uh, maybe once or twice, but it happens. It happens to the best of them when you see Antonio Brown destroy any every cornerback in the league. <laughs> but Hayden, Artie Burns, not bad. Sean Davis really, after the injury, the ankle injury last game, really stepped it up, I believe, kind of like to last year's level, as people had said. I mean, Sean Davis wasn't playing as well as last year. I think last or two days ago, he played great. I think Sean Davis had a great game. And J.J. Wilcox filled in, you know, pretty nicely for the injured Mike Mitchell, which I think we see Mitchell next week. If we can have a fully healthy team, that would be, like, amazing. <laughs> but good to see a lot of these guys getting healthy, playing well. And with all that, the Steelers are going to win games. You know the offense is going to pick it up. They're still putting, I mean, we haven't seen 30 yet, but we've seen 26 against good, good Ravens defense. Obviously, they love 44 Jacksonville as well, but before that, they were one of the best defenses in the NFL. <coughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> but, I mean, we're, we're, it's going to be, you know, rocky the road down some points. It's going to be a high road down some points. But, in the end, the Steelers obviously are going to go to the playoffs. The Ravens are pretty much the toughest team in the division for the Steelers, at least, and they pretty much handled them nicely on the road. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll describe more of the Steelers' upcoming matchup and the rest of the Ravens' matchup. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Life I cannot change And it is Deep off in the main Eminem We like candy cane Drop the top Pop it, let it bang We are back on the Steeler Nation podcast Of course I'm your host Tyler Candelaria So looking ahead Well actually before we look ahead Wanted to just discuss some little notes On the rest of the game We got We pretty much broke down the whole game there, but break or, uh, 
little notes that that was the Steelers' first win in Baltimore since 2012, which is the Charlie Batch game. The first win for Roethlisberger in Baltimore since 2010. So seven years for Roethlisberger that he has not won in Baltimore. So that's a good thing. You know, it's a break. Um, hopefully a good thing signed to come for years you know, to come. So a good win there for Pittsburgh. Did see as well um, on a tweet from Don Rinelli, Steelers PR manager, Steelers in games five through eight under Coach Mike Tomlin are 28 and 12, I believe. And so that's tied for second best in the NFL. So that's the games coming up. So hopefully we can take a lot of those and get to this. That's the second quarter of the season. So Will Gay said, I he was heard talking to the rookies that, you know, three and one first quarter of the season, it's a good start first place in the AFC North. So a lot of things, you know, to look up on. So if you want to say the win was ugly, say everything you want. At the end of the day, Steelers are three and one. They jump a game on the Ravens. They're first place in the AFC North, though it is early. They win a tough one in Baltimore. No matter, I know they, they put they put them away twenty six to nine, but they pretty much held them, you know, handily beat Baltimore on the road. An AFC North match is going to be tar- hard, no matter who it is, no matter if it's Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. Nevertheless, on the road, so that's always that's always a big win doing that. And of course, you know, winning on the road in general is just in taking off a, off a tough loss too. So that's that's really you know a big sign for the Steelers now. Going back home for seven of the last 12, that's some good signs. They've, they've played one home game so far in the first four games, and they will be at home this weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but then they'll see Kansas City. So I want to get into that one. Obviously, we don't want to look ahead, but then they see Kansas City. And what I was thinking, you know, towards the end of that Ravens game, though, as well, was the Ravens were, you know, were driving down. The Steelers had just got, you know, a big interception by uh, Mike Hilton, who – Big news we'll announce right when we're done with the show with Hilton. But he got his first career inter- interception and first career sack. Big game out of Hilton. So he's been absolutely dominating on the field. He's been playing very good for Pittsburgh. But then the Steelers obviously scored with a short run by Le'Veon Bell to get him into the end zone. And then the Ravens, pretty much down 26-9, to really had no chance. Down a couple, couple possessions. But they were driving all the way down, and the time was running out. So obviously Pittsburgh was going to win. And... I'm watching, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right. I really, obviously, if Baltimore scores, Steelers still won this game. But I'm really thinking, please just don't don't score. I, I like when I see games, you know, the scores just flex on how the game actually went. We dominated the Ravens the whole game. I didn't want it to show like a, a nine-point game under double digits. No, I want to see this blowout. I want to see a 17-point win, make it look how it is. Ravens took it all the way down to fourth and goal here at Steeler territory, but were stopped in the final seconds, which I was like, yes. Because <laughs> I just wanted it to show we beat Baltimore handily 26 to 9, even if the score even the score reflects it. We don't have to see like a 26 to, I mean, they go for two or 17 or something. So we didn't have to see that. And it was just good all around game for Pittsburgh. And it's a great team win. And Jacksonville, like I said earlier in the show, if it, it's going to be a tough game. We're at home. I think that really gives us a big advantage. Second home game of the year, 1-0 at home so far. They're beating Minnesota. But I think Jacksonville's going to be you know, it's gonna be a tough matchup. We can't take any of those teams lightly. They're still technically in first place in the AFC South based on their division record. And Patino, we cannot take lightly. 
Tomlin's going to have to prepare these guys. You know, actually he doesn't get that criticism that he got after the Chicago game. Obviously, they're not as bad as Chicago. They, sh- they should win. I think they will improve to 4-1. and one. Obviously, we'll get more into the pregame on that on Friday. So, obviously, we'll talk to you Friday regarding the Jacksonville game. And, again, I want to thank everybody for listening today and everybody that's listened to the Steeler Nation podcast ever since we joined up with SteelerNation.com. It's been a great experience. Talked to some great people within the Steeler organization, writers and reporters as well. And so what we're going to let you know before we go is next Tuesday, a week from today, Steelers cornerback who joined us, you know, early in the season after the first preseason game, we got connected with him. He had a big first preseason game. Nobody really knew who he was. And we found him and he had a big game. Talked to him. We got him on the podcast and he was talking about making the team. We talked to him about that, talking about how tough it is to make a team, how the team camaraderie was. And he made the team, and, he, and he's been starting. He's never, been, he's never coming off the field. He pretty much, you know, solidified that slot corner position from Will Gay. Obviously, Will Gay, veteran, respects everything there. But it, Will Gay played, obviously, at the end, too, as well. But Mike Hillen will be joining us live in studio next Tuesday. And so stay tuned for that. We'll be released. It'll be a great show. Look forward to doing the show with Mike. And, again, thank you for listening to the Steeler Nation podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Candelaria. Make sure to check us out on Facebook. Search SteelerNation.com in the search bar. Go to our website, SteelerNation.com. Follow us on Twitter, SteelerNation, and on Instagram at SteelerNation.com. Again, thank you for listening. This is the Steeler Nation podcast. Have a good one, everyone. When the night call, yo hey. I call out my soldiers just to come and brawl, yo Soldiers, When the night call, yo I call out my